including Lil Muffin, Lauren, standing outside looking at their billboard of the upcoming tour that they're all going to be on. And then all of a sudden, we hear this heavy breathing. And I don't know about y'all. I don't know why my voice is so raspy right now. But anyway, <clears throat> I don't know about y'all, but I was like, who the hell is that? Because it, it just didn't fit into the scene because you didn't see anybody. Then all of a sudden, we see from whoever this person is, we're looking at the women from their perspective. And so we found out that none of the women want to go to San Diego. So that let me know, okay, something happened in San Diego, and I'm intrigued about what actually happened. So Eric appears, and his face is jacked up. Somebody beat Eric's ass. So, of course, the women are trying to figure out what happened to him. And then out of the the darkness, someone appears who is dressed in all black, and they have a gun. So two shots pop off, and then we are taken back to 2001 in San Diego to a performance with the ladies featuring Cameron. And, you know, him and Naomi, they have a little cute flirtatious moment. So I was like, hmm, duly noted. And so the energy was on 10 until Butter Pecan started to do her part. Naomi is looking at her. Like, she's over it. Like, she's over the situation. She's not into this performance anymore. So, as she's coming back singing the chorus, Valeria was like, you know, don't do this. And Naomi tells everyone, stop. She stops the music. And then she tells them that the nasty bees are dead. They're over. That's just what it is. It ain't going to be no more. And I'm like, no, what the heck? What's going on, sis? Because at this moment, we are not. We are completely clueless as to what has caused Naomi to do something like this. It's like this is totally against, well, I can't say totally against her character because Naomi is a wild one. But we just didn't know what was going on. So we go back to, or we come back to 2021. (sighs) So Brittany, excuse me, Brianna is watching a recap of their performance and she's smiling. She's happy. Naomi sends her a text message basically telling her to be strong because this is the day that Jeff goes to get the, um, the tumor removed from his brain. Valeria is watching the kids because Brianna couldn't get her mom to do it. She wasn't able. So last week, I know I started out by saying that the jury was still out on Valeria. I didn't know if I fully trusted her and I didn't know if I actually liked her. Well, the jury is in, I can't stand the trick. I can't stand her. I don't like her. I don't like what I just, after finding out what she did to these women, there is no way in hell I would trust her with my career again. So the, the issue that I have with Valeria, Valeria lets it be known that she is a hustler point blank period. So I got to respect that. She being honest. The issue I have with her is that you are hustling women yet again who you did this to 20 years ago. Because at this moment, Valeria is still out for herself. She has her little production team or her management team, and they're trying to make her do something that she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to get her hair wet. I'm like, oh, she's going to be hard to deal with. I'm just going to have to tolerate her because she's a part of the group. But I don't understand how these women have welcomed this woman back in with open arms. Now I understand why when Naomi saw her the first time, it was on site. It would have been on site for me too. Like, I can't believe how calm, now that we know the truth, how calm Brianna and Jill was when they initially saw Valeria for the first time. 
I just, I could not believe it. I really couldn't. So, Brianna is talking to Jeff, and he's concerned, you know, whether or not he's going to make it or not. And her thing is, no, my pl- you you going to stay alive, Chief. We're going we gonna to keep you alive. We're going to do nothing else. And so they go downstairs, and um, the kids run to him. He gives them a hug because there is a possibility that he could actually lose his life because they're removing a tumor from his brain. So Valeria is giving her, as they watch the kids hug their father, Valeria is giving Brianna a pep talk about, you know, you you still pee sexy, right? Like you don't forget like who you are. And I'm like, I just want people to see through her. You're doing this because you need all these women to return so y'all can do this show so you can get this money and so that you don't have to embarrass or lower yourself for the sake of you still being relevant. I just don't like that chick. I promise I don't. So (laughs) Jill and Tina. So Jill and Tina are laying in the bed about to get it in. When Jill hears something downstairs, she immediately pulls out her shotgun, which I don't blame her because she's a black woman living in Montana in a damn cabin house in the woods. Okay. Shotgun will be on deck. So she was like, you smell bacon. And it's Darren. He's downstairs. He's cooking breakfast. And you know what? I'm not even going to lie. I feel so bad for Darren. I really do because he is head over heels in love with his wife as he should be. And even though I am happy, yes, that Jill is able to live in her truth, she definitely hurt this man to his core. So much so you could tell he's a very religious man and, you know, he is one who, you know, believes that God should lead his family and so on and so forth. And he doesn't want to lose his wife. So he even brings up the fact of having an open marriage. And the sad part is it has nothing to do with having an open marriage. Jill is not in love with him. And I think Jill stayed as long as she did because she was Jill the Thrill. She was this nasty chick who was addicted to coke. And she got with someone who loved her in spite of. And I think she felt like she owed him something. And so she denied herself of her denied herself of herself, you know what I'm saying, of her truth and stayed with him. But in the end of in the end of the day, she still damaged him. She still hurt him tremendously. And so, um, you know, she was just letting him know, like, I'm in love with the woman. Like, I, I do care about you, but it's not like that anymore. And so he basically told her that he will always love her. Darren gave this look that it was very, it was chilling to me. I said, okay. Darren is going to be a problem because Darren unsnapped. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tina better get her a gun too because I just, I I think that when Jill made it very clear that it was over, I think something snapped in his mind. I think something snapped with him. So I'm a little, you know, I don't know about him. So Muffin, a.k.a. Lauren, she's in rehab. And when she's in character, sometimes I don't even understand what the hell baby girl is saying. When she first started talking about something, I said, what the hell? I'm going to have to put on the ca- the captions. I said, what the hell did she just say? I understood nothing. And so, but I do love her character. I think she's a great balance. She's a great addition to the other women. And so she's, they're basically in a group setting. They're having a group session in rehab. And this girl is applying makeup and she has music playing, which was rude as hell. I said, Lord, <laughs> Lauren is a lot. Lauren is extra as hell, but I, I like her. I really do. And so the, the counselor was not having it. 
So he quickly got her together. I'm, when I say quickly, he quickly got her together. He wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. Like, your celebrity doesn't matter here. So you can either get what you need or you need to shut up, basically. And so she tried to say something, and he just shut her down and went to the, I think her girl, I can't think of the other girl name right now. But anyway, the chick that was in therapy with her. So then we get to uh, JoJo, Naomi, and Cam making his first appearance on um, Queens. Well, this is second scene, but, you know, his first appearance. So they're having lunch, and so Naomi is shocked when he comes in. But before that, she gives, we find out that her daughter is a, I think she's a classical pianist, and she's very, very good. And so um, Naomi hands her some sheet music, and I was like, oh, I know the the, the girl who plays her daughter is a musician. Well, she's an artist. I don't know if she sings a rap. I know I've seen her before, but I forget what her actual talent is, but it's something involving music. So I thought that was cute, too. And so her mom gave it to her. She was really happy. She was like, you know, after the success of the BET Award, she was really shocked that her mother was making time for her. And she was like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do better. So I do I do like the fact that we are seeing Naomi making an effort to be a mother to her daughter and at least spend some time with her. Um, so she was shocked to see Cam. So she invited him to have lunch with them. So <laughs> she orders a cop salad and uh, her daughter orders. And it's the weirdest order in the world. She wants a burger, no tomato, no ketchup, no nothing. She don't want no sauces on it whatsoever. So as she's ordering, Cam looks at her like, what the hell? Now, initially, he didn't even know that Naomi had a daughter. And so when she's ordering, he's like, hmm. He said, I have the same. And at the same time, they both was like, can I get extra pickles? And Naomi, <laughs> Naomi is looking like, oh, hell. And so she's looking back and forth at both of them. And so basically, Cam tells her that he has his own record label and he wants to sign her. And so she was like, nah, that was a one-time performance. He said, no, not the group, you. And so her demo somehow fell into his lap in Nashville and he wants to sign her. And so she's really excited. She's happy about it. And, um, you know, she was telling him, thank you. And so he uh, asked the daughter, do you have bars like your mom? And she was like, you know, I'll be doing a little something. I'll be rapping sometimes. Their dynamic, Naomi is looking like, mm, I probably done messed up. You know what I'm saying? But it was really, I it was really cute. It was a really, really cute moment. So we go back. Well, we get to Jill first. So Jill is shunned at her church. Her, she don't know she's Catholic. So she goes to take communion and the priest was basically like, no, like you, you're not pure. No, you cannot, you're not worthy. You know what I'm saying? To consume communion. And, you know, I'm not Catholic. I don't know, you know, all the ins and outs of Catholic church, but I know church. I know black church, not all black churches, but I know black church. And, you know, it's amazing how we keep up with this image of, you know, um, you have to be pure. And it's like, what exactly does that mean? Because no one is pure. No one is without sin. No one is perfect. So it's like, what does that mean? And who are you to tell someone that they are unworthy to participate in something that should be free for all? So even though that scene really pissed a lot of people off, it was very accurate and it was very real. That mess happened way, way too often. So as Jill walks out of her church. She has reporters waiting for her, asking her questions about, you know, her coming out and, 
that was a lot. But I'm like, well, sh- you you did come out on the BET Awards, so you had to expect this, even though you live in Montana, which is even worse because it's small as hell. It ain't many black people. You know they coming for you. You should have been prepared, Jill. The thrill, but she wouldn't. And so, so um, then we go back, and so we get the scene where Eric and Valeria meet for the first time at the club. So we find out that Nasty Bees was originally Brianna, Jill, and Naomi. Valeria wasn't part of the group. So she gets to the club, and she's basically telling Ewok, you know, what she could bring to the group. And she gives him her demo. And, you know, Naomi kind of looks at him. and I think she kind of, like, make a kiss, you know, movement with her lips or whatever. And so Valeria caught on to it. They have for one dumb. So you already know he messing with her. And she was like, is that your girl? And he was like, no. I'm like, ooh, you trifling bastard. But anyway, so we go to, she put, basically puts her demo in his pants. So we see them next at the studio. And so Jill and Bree was not having it. Bree was like, why don't you tell this girl the truth? She's trash. Like, she's absolute trash. And so Valeria understood she wasn't the best rapper. She wasn't even really trying to go that route. But her thing was, I know how to sell, and I know how to make this work. And so you, we saw Naomi writing something down. She gave her a piece of paper, I guess, just, just to see how she would flow. And she came up with the melody for um, Nasty Girl. And so, you know, I felt like in that moment, Naomi gave, like, her stamp of approval because what we are seeing is basically Naomi was the overall talent of the group she was the one who wrote the rhymes she was the one who came up with the songs she did both she she sung and she rapped and she wrote she was the total package but it was also like yeah you got these three women who are phenomenal and who are great but you don't have a star you need a star and I'm like Valeria you're not a star you're just a racially ambiguous looking woman who at the time would sell but you're not a star let's not ever say that because you're fur- the furthest thing from it. Trash ass rapper. Anyway. <coughs> excuse me. So we get to um, Muffin and Jill. So Muffin little ass. None um, left rehab. And she goes to Jill's house in Montana. Because she didn't know anyone else. Jill felt like she needed to get away. You know from the papers. From people asking her all these questions. And I'm like Jill. You did this, though. I mean, what the hell did you think was going to happen? But anyway, her and Jill, um, Muffet and Jill end up going to Brianna's house. And Valeria's already there. And then, you know, um, Naomi gets there as well. But not before Naomi has her big meeting with Cameron and, and his people. So when she gets to this meeting, it was another disappointment. The man wasn't trying to sign her as an artist. He was trying to sign her as a as a writer. And he felt like there's no way in the world we can really package a 41-year-old washed-up singer. And I was like, the audacity. So Naomi was not with it. She got up. She walked away. She was like, I'm done with this business. And Kim was like, you don't mean that. She was like, you know, I've given everything, everything to this business. And, you know, it's like I keep getting slapped in the face. And I could really feel Naomi because I feel like Naomi is that person who represents like true, authentic, and raw talent. But because she may not look a certain way, because she may not carry herself a certain way, she never reaches the level of superstardom that someone else who is least talented, like Valeria, 
can't do nothing and she makes it big, you know, but as she's told Valeria in the first episode, she was able to capitalize off of the little talent that she did have. So that was that. So Naomi gets to, um, Bree's house and she was like, damn, like y'all do ring the doorbell, but don't nobody call. And I'm like, you know, yeah, that's right. I will have, I will be struggling because if you don't call me and let me know, I don't let you in. That's just me personally. But, um, Bree and Jeff are at the hospital and now all of a sudden Jeff's ass has amnesia. He doesn't remember cheating. I said, he is lying. Bree, he's lying. The truth is not in him, sis. Don't believe it. And this is the reason why I feel like he's lying. The first 10 words out of his mouth, he included, I know I could be a better husband. Why would you say that, Jeff? Why would you say that? To me, that was a clue. I know I could be a better husband. You just got a tumor removed from your brain, and that's what you're saying? Okay. I don't believe his ass. And so I just found it odd for him to say that. And so he doesn't believe that he cheated when Bree tells him, like, you know, white girl, your student in our bed, you don't know recollection. Uh-huh. I tell you what, when he got a little healed, I'd make his behind remember. I tell you that much. So not only is everyone at Bree's house, Lil Muffin is there, and then Eric comes to let them know that he booked them a show in San Diego. They were not happy about that because their last experience in San Diego was trash. It was horrible. They broke up. Naomi walked off the stage. The crowd threw stuff at <laughs> The crowd threw stuff at them. They don't have a great memory of San Diego, but it's the next best thing. It's an arena. It's an arena tour, uh, arena show. You can't turn that down. So Naomi was like, you know, she was done with the business because nobody, everybody was on board except pretty much Naomi and Bree. And then when Bree thought about it, you know, she was like, her husband is going to be down. She's going to need the money. And she told Naomi, like, there is no nasty bees without you. Like, basically, you got to do this. And so, you know, Naomi was like, well, explicit lyrics is all that I have. So she agreed to do it. So Eric and Naomi kind of met in the hall or something. And, you know, I'm trying to understand Eric's angle as well. Because to me, he's he's sending mixed signals. It's like you want to continue to mess with Naomi and you want to continue to mess with Valeria, as if this was 20 years ago, and like Naomi said, it was one time, it was one night, I told you that, and I meant that, because messing with you, like going backwards, it makes me feel like a failure, and I don't want, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm okay with what you did to us, and so he was like, you know, I feel bad, like it wasn't okay, but I'm, this is my way of like making amends for everything, and so he went to touch her face, and that's when Valeria walked in, and I'm like, Eric, ain't nobody going to go back and forth with you. You and Valeria, y'all just deal with each other and and leave Naomi alone. So, Eric and the group, we go, it's another flashback. You know, um, the flashbacks are cool, but this episode had way too many, and I hope (laughs) going forward we don't get this many flashbacks in one episode because this was a lot. So, Eric and the group are at dinner somewhere, and he hands them these purses, and Naomi was like, you really think, I don't want this damn purse. Like, somebody can have mine, not knowing that there was $200,000 in each purse for the girls. And so, you know, I think he did that to get their defenses down because they also had to sign a contract. And no one read it. They just signed it. And I think that I don't like Eric either because my thing is these women trusted you. 
these women, well, Bree, Naomi, and Jill have been together. They have been a group since high school. And I don't know how long he's been their manager, but they trusted him. Never in a million years, I'm sure, did they believe that Eric would steal from them, would put them in a position not to be able to have publishing, all of that stuff. And especially with Naomi being the writer of the group and Naomi being, you know, someone who he claims he cared about. So then we get to this fake cribs. And you could tell the group, you could tell stuff doesn't happen because all the energy is off. They got to make believe that they are cool with each other when they're not. So after they get done with that, we see Eric and Valeria get into this nice behind car. And Jill was like, why am I still driving a Corolla? I'm like, yes, sis. I think the thing that got me about those groups, some groups were vocal and some groups were not. But there's no way in hell I'm seeing one of my group members and the manager, whether they date or not, I know they have money, it's evident, and I'm struggling. No, I would have said something. So there's someone, I guess it was on like the production team of Cribs, and she basically invited Jill out to dinner, and Jill was not having it. Jill was very offended. She was only offended because Jill was a lesbian, and she was hiding her truth. She wasn't ready to function in it. So the only thing she could do was act out. She was all hard and aggressive, Toward, towards this young lady who, you know, just wanted to take you out. And so Naomi was like, girl, what, like, what's wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. And she walked away. She could barely contain herself from crying as she was walking away. And I thought that was a great scene for them to shoot because when you are dealing with something or you are, like, involved in something that you don't want people to know, that you are not really comfortable with yourself and someone sheds light on that thing, the first thing we do is we we become confrontational. We do become offensive or defensive in that moment. So I thought that was a very true and real depiction of what Jill was going through at that time. They were at the pinnacle of their career. The last thing she wants to come out is that she's a lesbian. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, the girls, um, so, Jill is on the phone with Tina when all of <laughs> Muffin is a fool when all of a sudden you hear this thump and Muffin's ass. So when, when it comes back on Muffin is sitting at the table with this Lord, this baby, she's sitting at the table with this little furry little thing on and all the women are standing in front of her. Like she's their daughter. I thought it was a very, very funny moment, but it was really cute. Cause you could tell they do care about her well being. But it was just funny. And so Jill asked to speak to Muffin alone. And basically she was just telling her, look, you need, you need to go back to rehab. You can't be doing this. And, you know, Muffin didn't like that. So she figured, okay, if you're going to try to get me together, let me get you right back together, sis. So she was basically telling Jill, like, you're still running from who you are. You're running from your truth. You're, it's 2021. Why are you afraid to be who you are? And so they both walked away from each other, but they got, like, halfway out and they came back together and they they basically apologized and long story short muffin made the decision to go back to rehab and then jill is going to work on herself just to be real and live in her truth and be okay with that and we all need that at times we definitely definitely um you know what i'm saying all need that so eric let the women know that their show sold out in 12 minutes i was like what okay so um eric and naomi so we go back to 2001 where they talk about being together because Naomi is on the couch and she is at his house and butter pecan um, 
commercial for her perfume comes on. And she's like, are you still messing with her? He was like, I thought we did it this. Are you still messing with her? He didn't want to answer the question. He, he, he did what typical men do. When you don't want to answer a question, they will go around the whole damn world to avoid answering you. And that's what he did. And he was like, you know, from the moment I saw you, the moment I heard your voice, all I ever wanted to do was to be with you. I said, uh-uh, hell no. Nah. She didn't ask you that. <laughs> I said, this is typical man behavior. Anyway, so long story short, yes, he was still messing with her. He let Naomi know this. it was your decision to keep us a secret. And I felt her in the moment where it was like, you know, if people would have known we were together, they would have thought that I was making it because me and you were have you was having sex with me, not because I'm talented or gifted. And he was like, you know, I can respect that, but I'm here now telling you that I want to be with you. I'm ready. Tell me that you want to be with me. She said again, are you sleeping with her? And he was like, I think he said, like, why does it matter? And she was like, it matters. And he told her the truth, which I could respect that. But I don't like Eric. I don't like Eric at all. And so she ended up leaving. And she goes to Cam's hotel room. And baby girl said, I need somebody. So we already know what happened with that. <laughs> so I said, oh, father. She done went to Cam's room and, and got the got the goods, I guess. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, got impregnated. But anyway, so JoJo and Naomi are, are speaking and so she was basically encouraging her mom, like, you can't let them tell you what you can't be. I have to believe it's possible. You have to show me that it's possible because she was like, baby girl, ain't nobody checking for a 41-year-old artist. And so she was like, you have to do something. Like, you have to, this has to make sense. This has to be worth it. And so Naomi ends up going to the white dude house. She sings Wrecking Ball by um, Miley Cyrus. She murders the song, kills the song. They need to just give Brandy all the, the rights to the music because it's her song now, okay? She Beautiful voice. Just killed that song. Very, very beautiful moment. Her daughter is playing the piano while she's singing. It was a great moment indeed for television. So Naomi goes to have this record deal because the dude wanted to sign her. However, in the contract, it states that if she signs, she cannot perform with the girls anymore. And she had to make a decision about what she wanted to do and I think it was in this moment because she wasn't there. But before we do that, we have a flashback and we find out exactly what happened in San Diego in addition to or what led to Naomi walking away from the group. So we find out that the girls signed a bad contract, which a lot of artists did in the 90s. But they signed a bad contract that stripped them of publishing and so on and so forth. They owned nothing. They had nothing. Valeria knew it was a bad contract, but she made sure that she was straight. She basically told Naomi that she was, I'm going to tell you what he's not man enough to tell you. We hustled you. You was just a hustle, baby. That's all it was. And then you're salty because he chose me, which led me to believe that I could tell Naomi really cared about Eric or really loved him. Because in the first episode, Jill thought that Naomi was fighting Valeria because she was like, we already know what happened. You want you wanted to be with Eric. He wasn't feeling you, but he was feeling Valeria. And that was not at all the case. It was like, no, Naomi and, and Eric was together. However, she kept it under wraps because she didn't want the attention of being his girl. She wanted her music to speak for himself. And so I was like, you know, that that was something. So the girls, Naomi comes in the nick of time. They didn't think she was going to come to the performance. She was not there. 
And um, Brie was like, well, we're not having it. I look too damn good not to go out there and perform. We're going to do this with or without her. So when they go get on stage and they their names are being called individually, we see um, Brie at home, Valeria is there, all the kids are around the dad, and then one of her daughters come and hugs Valeria. I didn't care because I don't like her. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> then when they did um, Jill, the thrill, they showed Jill in church. She told her pastor, I am gay. I am a black woman. This is my church. I'm not leaving my church. So you basically going to have to deal with this, bro. I was like, that's what I'm talking about, Jill. And then I don't know what happened with Valeria because, like I said, I don't like her. I don't care about her right now. And so with <laughs> and so with um with Naomi, Cam comes to her hotel room. He basically says, are you going to tell me, you want to tell me about JoJo's dad? It's me, isn't it? And Naomi kind of gave him this look because didn't, we didn't hear her say yes or no. So I'm so interested in seeing what's going to happen when Cam returns to Queens and we can, you know, flush out this storyline. And so, you know, she was like, let's get it, girls. And so when the, I thought it was a great episode, but I said for the life of me, every time I saw Valeria, I would want to beat her ass. I'm like, these women struggled. These women struggled after the group. You were okay. You were fine. And even to the point of her telling Eric, like, because he told her, if this don't work, like, if this don't sell out, I got I owe this man $500,000. And she was like, oh, I got you. You got him. I said, see, this the BS. This the BS I be talking about. You know what I'm saying? I, I love the Nasty Bees as a group, and I love them individually, except Valeria. She has put a bad taste in my mouth, and I don't see how they work with her. I really don't. But this was a great episode. I love the show. It looks like it's one of those shows that's going to get better and better each and every episode. And I'm loving it. So um, until next time, I will holler at y'all later. Y'all be safe out there. One.